Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Views and opinions expressed by hosts, invited speakers, and callers do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Black Talk Media Project or the Black Talk Radio Network. comes with a price tag you were slave to a flag in a country that clearly doesn't love you when they probably never have told you turn the other cheek and they made it with a bad fucking protest in them sit-ins told you go fight in the war vietnam you died good riddance the man of the house rule took you from your siblings turned around and pump crack right up in your city and they turned all your leaders to martyrs you was off in the war now who was guarding your daughters it was riots in the streets killed malcolm and martin called a national guard up because we ride with our guard up and that was burning your guard it's like in the mimic don't apply to you Everything that they taught you was a lie to you. See, they get in your skin and they die in the shoot. Take the American dream and then you die to pursue. One day it'll all make sense. We said it about power, then it don't make sense. But none of that money matters when you live in madness. So one day you figure out that all you got is this. Peace, love, and the middle finger. Good afternoon. Welcome to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind these enemy lines known as USA Inc. Sending out peace, love, and the middle finger. Um, I have gotten some questions about uh, this particular track that we open up the program with. People asking me, what is that track? Again, the artist's name is Jack Metaphor. Jack metaphor that's his name um and it's a track featuring chairman fred hampton uh jr uh who was heard later uh in the track so just do a search on youtube for jack metaphor featuring chairman fred hampton jr you will find that track you also find some of the other tracks that the young uh brother put out so uh yeah that's the track all right uh welcome today's date is june 7th 2015 it is a tuesday afternoon tuesday afternoon good to be with you on these airwaves streaming from blacktalkradionetwork.com um we got a informative show i hope the show's informative um lined up for you today we will have a guest speaker to come on um in case you did not know the black talk media project and the black talk radio network is a proud sponsor of the fourth annual Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Expo that is going to take place this month in just what 10 days, July 17th 
through the 19th. So if you want to go, go ahead and click that link that is on today's program description and you can go ahead and get registered. I think this is a very, very much needed, much needed strategy to educating our children with all the problems that go on and the complaints that we hear people make about the public education system then you know we need to be pointing them to a solution to that problem and they do understand that everybody cannot homeschool but you can supplement your children's education you should be doing that anyway but if you want some professional help if you want some guidance um, certainly they are the people to turn to to help you with the education and liberation of your children's black mind. All right, so today our guest speaker who will be joining us here shortly will be Dr. Samori Kamara. He will be a presenter at the conference. I also want to talk about black men uh, participating. I know I had gotten a, a email blast from them. I signed up for the mailing list and at one time, I think it was what Father's Day that, that was here not too long ago I man I tell you so many holidays I don't be trying to keep up with them all but anyway they sent out a father's day like um special where you could have got like a certain percentage off of you know your ticket or whatever and so they are encouraging more black men to participate in these conferences and I have written in the past I couldn't find the article um that I wrote about the myth of the black father being absent but I have linked to the Truth Progress article about that myth that was uh, published two years ago. But I've written about it a number of times because I'm a black father. Um, I wouldn't dare say that I'm a single black father. I'm only single in the terms that I'm not married. But in terms of of uh, bringing my children up, I am not alone. Um, I get much help from my mother, from my sister and from other family members, you know, they say it takes a village to raise a child, right? So we got our own little village going on here uh, where we live. And so I would not even say that I'm a single dad because, you know, that might imply that I'm doing it by myself. I'm not doing it by myself. All right. So anyway, I know that that's a myth. And so since I know that's a myth and I know many of you black fathers out there participate in the upbringing of your children more than any other demographic in this in this country more than latinos more than hispanics you know I, i'm still trying to figure out the difference but more than white men black men are number one when it comes to participating in the, their children's lives and we know that you're hearing otherwise from the mainstream media you're even hearing it from black people who are, are repeating the lies of the enemy. But since you are so involved, uh, you know, it would behoove you also to check out the fourth annual Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Expo and hooking up with these brothers and sisters who can assist you in liberating your child's mind and giving them a proper education. Now, after we speak to Dr. Kamara, um, I do want to talk about some international news. French officials are in the Central African Republic to question the children who say said that they were sexually abused by U.N. peacekeepers, French soldiers. Um, I want to talk about that story. And that also, I think, puts the spotlight on something that the Zimbabwe president, Robert Mugabe, who I think is the chairman 
of the African Union this year. I don't know how often that chairmanship um, rotates, but he is um, the chairman this year of the African Union. And he has called for Africa developing its own international criminal court because of the racism uh, being practiced through the current international criminal courts by Europeans who, who are in control of that court. All right. So we want to talk about that and other international news. Black Jews, primarily Ethiopians, are saying that their children are facing racism and discrimination in this neighborhood in the city of, of Rehavat. Um, again, you know, I speak English and I speak Southern English at that. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, they being uh, discriminated against them, them black children. All right. And um, they have also been engaging in their own Black Lives Matter protests. But, you know, as to be expected as one who monitors and and knows the uh, modus operandi of the mainstream corporate news media. Y'all have not been seeing these brothers and sisters out there in the streets of Tel Aviv or any other city in Israel protesting against the racist police violence that they suffer. So, you know, Black Lives Matter, I don't know if you want to call it a protest, you want to call it a movement. I've heard people say it's not a movement. I don't care. Uh, people are moving in the street against this sort of thing. So I'm going to call it a movement. So this is a global movement. This is a global movement wherever black people are dominated by white people. And certainly people of color are dominated in Israel by white people. See, we get tend to get confused and, and think that uh, Jew pertains to, pertains to a racial classification and it's not. It's a religious classification. All right. And so you got the Ashkenazi Jews who are, are white, uh, primarily from France, primarily from Germany, primarily from other parts of uh, Europe. They're white. Their skin color is white, although, you know, if they spend a lot of time over there in that sun in Africa, of course, their skin is going to tan and whatnot. But don't be confused. Those are white people and they practice racism and white supremacy against their fellow Jews who happen to be non-white and so you know it's a it isn't a surprise to me that you have not been seeing these protests in the street going on in Israel because you know people over here people in charge of the United States of America don't want you to know and that also will um kind of ties into this recent signed legislation that President Obama's administration that he personally signed uh, another trade agreement where it's in this language of this agreement they are trying to keep people from or I should say nations member nations of this trade agreement from boycotting Israel for practicing racism also known as apartheid. So those all three of those stories kind of tie in together because you need to know. You need to know what the CEO of America is defending. Black lives do not matter to him, do not matter to his administration. All right. Don't they don't matter. So why would you think that black lives matter anywhere else in the world? That kind of puts it in perspective of how all those black people in Libya 
were slaughtered by the proxies, the Arab proxies of the United States uh, government, which illegally and overthrew that, that country. And then tried to front like it was some kind of spontaneous uprising or, you know, Libyan lives matter or some crap like that. You know, or Arab Spring, this part. No, no, no. They're a CIA operation all the way. And I, you know, have always been uh, critical of this administration because I'm a political commentator and I'm objective and I don't let I do not get blinded by people's skin color and that do, I don't allow that to handicap me in talking about the things that these um, people associated with this corporation called USA are doing and not doing like protecting black lives worldwide. So definitely want to discuss that. Now, last night I had a conversation online on on Facebook about gay men and homosexuals and women in the black community. Now, I have heard that there is a lot of hate being, you know, like hate crimes, things of that nature, people attacking gay people. Now, I've heard from the mainstream media that this is a widespread problem, but I know they practice deception. I haven't seen that type of activity in the community that I live in, and I have we have people who classify themselves as gay, homosexual, whatever, lesbian, whatever, who classify themselves as that. One of them is my family member. Another, another one of them um, I've known all my life. Since I was a little child, I have known this woman. And so, you know, I'm engaging in a conversation with these people last night who sound like a bunch of Nazis who were talking about exterminating black homosexuals. And I let them know, well, just don't come to my community because if you come after my cousin, then you're going to have me to deal with because I do not believe in mistreating anyone. Do 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 I like the fact that he's engaged in that type of behavior? No, I don't. But that he's a grown damn man, and I don't be all up in people's bedrooms and stuff like that. Now he ain't political and he ain't pushing no agenda, so leave him alone. And so y'all need to recognize that some of us, while we may not endorse that, we still have family members that we love. All right. And so you come after them, you coming after us. And then why you want to sound like a freaking Nazi? And what gives you the right? Who made you judge and jury to execute somebody because you don't agree with their lifestyle choices? And then how do you know it's even a choice? As I have done a program, Time for Awakening has done a program on the work of Dr. Tyrone Hayes, which I shared with these people last night. This shows that the chemical atrazine causes sexual abnormalities in homosexuality. And frogs is, is what his research was based on, but there was correlating research done on the humans that showed the same thing. And this, of course, this is being suppressed. And this stuff is used, this atrazine is used as a pesticide on people's food. So how do you know? That these people are not the victims of chemical warfare. You don't know. The re How do you know why they, why they are the way that they are? You don't know. So I just want to make it perfectly clear on this program that Scotty Reed is not down with any kind of 
hunting parties that's going to be hunting down homosexuals and trying to harm them and, and do things to them because that ain't justice. And you don't have the damn right. Like I said, I got a family member that, that's classified as gay. And I don't even know if he's active in the lifestyle. He's living in his grandfather's house a couple of doors down. He rarely even comes out the house except for when he's going to the library and, and, you know, to the store. And I never see anyone in and out of his house that he lives alone in. So, you know, you wouldn't even know that he was gay. So, you know, again, I am not down with that. That, to me, is incorrect behavior to be promoting who the hell made you judge and jury and executioner? So, I, you know, in no certain terms, I'm letting it be known. You come after my family, uh, you're going to get it just like anybody else going to get it. Because the blood is thicker than any kind of homosexual rhetoric, any kind of hate you want to spew towards them. Blood is thicker than all of that. So, anyway just pissed me off man it just really pissed me off that this person was talking like you know a freaking nazi exterminating people but you ain't you don't hear them talking you don't hear them hunting down talking about exterminating no white supremacists no you don't so anyway that applies to you um it applies to you Telephone numbers to get in on the broadcast is 530-881-1400. The access code is 549032-POUND. You hit star 6 and 1 to comment on air. You can use the web-based flash phone to call into the program from anywhere on this planet. Of course, you must have an internet connection if you tuned into this program. And we know that people tune in from over... 140 something countries so we would like to hear from the uh our brothers and sisters in the african diaspora so use that web-based flash phone and again you know it, it has the keypad hit star six and one to come in on air now you can also hit us up i finally figured it out you can also hit us up via skype black talk radio network is our skype handle or you can call the telephone number 704-951-5030. Cause I, you know, I was, Skype was causing me problems and, and locking up and then I'm calling to the conference line. And so I figured out, hey, just use the web-based flash phone. Then let Skype just sit there until somebody calls into that, to that number. And I did that yesterday and did not have any problems whatsoever. The other way that you can contact me is to, uh, send your comments to admin at blacktalkradionetwork.com. I'll do a better job than I did Sunday night on Political Prisoner Radio and checking to see because uh, some people sent in some updates to me and I didn't even catch them until after we had went off air. So I'll do a better job at mon monitoring the email that some people, you know, they they rather not call in and, and whatnot. So or maybe they aren't are unable to call in and but they could shoot an email so yeah all right so um we should have heard from dr um let me see uh dr kamara let me check the calendar see when he's scheduled to uh call in but another thing that um i do also want to talk about uh real briefly 
uh, Max and them was participating. Max Parthis, I shouldn't say Max and them, like assuming y'all know who I'm talking about. But Max Parthis, my abolitionist brother, co-host, co-producer of New Abolitionist Radio, um, they we had John Sims on that program last Wednesday night. Excellent program with him, if I may say so. Uh, he shared some great information. Some great vibing was going on there around this issue of this Confederate flag and whatnot, this terrorist symbol. And so he had this uh, project where he was going to be burning and burying the Confederate flag. He said, it's hate. Let it go. Let it go. Burn and bury. Let it go. And so they were doing that. Max and, and some other people were doing that at the south carolina state house and they were harassed by a police officer asking this young black man for his name which i looked up the information south carolina is not a stop and identify state unless you're engaged in some kind of crime you don't have to give them your name you don't have to give them your information now you ain't got to be nasty and, and and confrontational when you assert your rights but know your rights and if you don't want to give them your name, don't give them your name. Now, they may arrest you, but hey, I think we got a doctor calling in. Okay, I, I do believe we have our guest on the line. Uh, Dr. Kamara, do we have you on the line, sir? Yes, sir. Liberation to you, bro. How you doing? I'm not going to complain too much behind these enemy lines, just making it like everybody else. No doubt. All right. Well, thank you for taking time out of your day to come on and talk about the fourth annual Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Expo. Um, I think it is a much needed service to our black community, as I was just telling the listeners in my opening comments that we hear a lot of people complaining uh, and, and rightly so, complaining about um, the lack of education or opportunities or resources that our children get in these public school systems. Um, we hear a lot about the standardized testing does not serve our children. It does not teach them uh, properly and, and whatnot. And so I, I feel like this is the solution that they're looking for, right? How do you, what do you think? No, absolutely, man. The uh, Liberated Minds Black Homeschool Expo is is one of the best events in the country for for folks who are looking for alternatives to the public food system and the private food system here in the United States of America. I mean, it brings together so many uh, different educators, so many different vendors, talking about educational vendors, uh, people who are doing great work around the country. And so, like, all the excuses go out the window when you come to Liberated Minds because uh, are you looking for math books? You got that. Are you looking for language books? You got that. You're looking for science curriculum? You got that. You're looking for our story things to, to really teach our young children who they are and uh, where they come from and where we could go in the future. All of those things are there, including the best minds in this field. So the liberated mind thing is, is the solution. Absolutely. Most definitely. And just to remind the listeners, I have linked to that in today's program promo. And you could go ahead and click on that link and sign up right now. It's going on between the dates of July 17th and the 19th. So they probably want to start uh, making their transportation accommodations, uh, getting all that kind of stuff in line right now. Um, so what is the cost of, of a person attending the workshops? 
I believe the cost is about thirty five for the whole weekend, maybe twenty five for one day. Wow. Um That's all it, so yeah. That, that, that's it, man. That's it. And it's in Atlanta, Georgia. Right. So it's not a very ex- expensive conference, man, but the the information, the, the the conversations that you'll get out of the conference is really invaluable. And I've been going uh, this is my this is my third year at mm-hmm. the conference and I'll be giving uh, a couple workshops and it's always been a, a beautiful situation for me. And so how long have you been involved in, in education? Can you give us just, you know, a little background on yourself, Dr. Kamara? Okay. Um, I've been teaching for the last 12 years. Uh, I started teaching the public school system in 2003. I taught high school English in D.C. for a couple of years, and then I moved on to, to Baton Rouge, and I began to go to graduate school and got my master's in African, African-American studies and my PhD in American history from the University of Texas. And when I got out of, when I, when I finished my classwork for my PhD and I was moving back home to New Orleans to write my dissertation, I realized that many folks in my family were, were not doing very well in the public school system. You know, as is par for the course. They, they're not supposed to do well in that school system, right? Mm-hmm. And so I said, if I'm the smart cousin, if I'm the, if I'm the blackified one in my family, why not build a school, you know, for our children? You know, and that's definitely been one of my dreams since I began teaching. So I decided um, while I was writing my dissertation to start a school and we started Kamali Academy in 2009. Uh, and we've had, we started with two my students. Name is Doc- we just went. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I was just, I had linked to your uh, website, uh com and the video started playing so that's that audio you heard i oh, wanted to tell people i wanted to tell people about that because you do operate a homeschool yourself right or or, or education cooperative yes sir yes sir and that's kamaliacademy.com mm-hmm. that's k a m a l i yeah we've been doing that for the for the last 6 years down here in new orleans and we started again with with two students um, but then the next year we had 15 and so we stayed around 15 to 20 students for, for the last five years. And it's been a beautiful thing, man. I, I think we've definitely touched the lives of, of a number of folks here in the New Orleans community, but Kamali Academy is much, much more known outside of New Orleans and of course across the, the country as well as the UK because of our resources, the curriculums that we have, mm-hmm. um, the, the workbooks that we have developed because really there weren't much out there before there were some things out there mm-hmm. but when you talk about an african-centered curriculum for our people mm-hmm. uh, you had schools that had been around for 20 30 years but they weren't making those kind of things available for the folks who were just starting out so i decided to take it upon myself to develop some of those things for our people and it has been very popular across the country that's wonderful that's wonderful to hear now when you talk to people about homeschooling their children what what are some of the questions do do you get i I imagine some people a lot of people feel like you know that i'm a single parent or both you know me and my wife work all the time and and so Mm -hmm. we don't really have time to educate our children or to homeschool or like that because we can't afford you know to have a stay-at-home dad or stay-at-home mom so i mean what what do you tell what are some of this I don't want to say excuses because that seems like, you know, a negative connotation. But what are some other things that people say are the challenges that may prevent them? And how do you, you know, uh, respond to those? 
so definitely one of one of the challenges they they say is or they ask about is whether or not my child can go to college. Mm-hmm. So definitely one of the questions that, that we get a great deal. And I always have to know, I say, look, Europeans have been doing this a long time. And and they've been doing it so long now that many colleges and universities have admissions officers that only deal with homeschooling applications. Mm-hmm. And so if you are homeschooling, you would definitely want to keep a a portfolio for your young warrior. Also, many homeschooled children, when they've been homeschooled for a while, are usually, you know, two to four grades above their public school system and public school system counterparts mm. because of that one-on-one attention and whatnot. And many homeschoolers actually go to college early. Many homeschoolers actually begin uh, college classes at around 14 or 15 uh, or 16 at community colleges across the country. Mm-hmm. So that is a that is a concern that many people have. It really is really not a concern because things the way they are will allow your children to go to to the next level in terms of education if they would desire to do that because at Kamali Academy, you know, we don't push like college is the absolute next step. Mm-hmm. The question is what is your passion? Mm-hmm. You know, what are what skills, what talents do you have? Why are you here on this earth? Do you need college to do those things? Mm-hmm. If so, then you go. If not, you get to work. Right? right? Another thing that we hear as you said um, was that we don't have, you know, the money to to have a stay-at-home mom, a stay-at-home dad. Uh, so we need these, you know, we need these two incomes. The reality is that we must begin, if we really love our children, we're going to have to sacrifice a little bit. So okay. we might not be able to have, you know, two cars. We might not be able to to, to splurge on certain things. Uh, we might have to start our own businesses. And, and the best thing about homeschooling is that really we become the curriculum. So we can tell our children to, to read more, but we got to read more. We can tell our children to, to, to think about what they want to do with their life and, and be an entrepreneur, but they're going to look at us and ask us if we're doing those things. Mm-hmm. And if we are homeschooling, we have the opportunity to make those things happen. Right? So those, those are a couple of things. Um, also, people always ask, if it's an African-centered homeschool, are they only learning about black people and, and how are they going to be competitive in the world? They're only learning, you know, about themselves. And so I tell folks all the time that, of course not, you're not learning simply about black people, but you're learning to see the world from an African perspective, from an African worldview. And when you deal with other folks, you'll be dealing with other folks from a position of power and not a position of servitude and subordination, mm-hmm. as most of us are dealing with other folks at this moment. So having an African-centered education will will not, you know, magically make it happen that we will have our own businesses. Right. But if a person has that kind of consciousness, it's more likely that they will build their own business. Gives them uh, a foundation. I'm sorry? Gives them an early foundation. Absolutely. Give them that foundation to, to grow as those African warriors that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I do need to take a short station identification break. Uh, listeners, if you have any questions for Dr. Kamara, please, you can um, dial in through the conference line, excuse me, which is uh, 530-881. 1400 the participant code is 549032 pound for those uh, that are already dialed in or once you dial in hit star six and want to come in on air remember no matter where you are in the world you can call in using the web-based flash phone again just uh, put in the 
correct phone number and access code and then the other way is to give us a call through 704-951-5030 and you can ask any questions that you may have of, of the doctor today uh, while we have time with him i'm going to take a short station identification break and then we'll be right back you are tuned to talk radio network for podcasts and live program scheduling visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com Now, Dr. Kamara, um, earlier I was in my opening comments, I was speaking about black fathers because I had gotten an email from the uh, fourth annual Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Expo where they were giving like a discount to males on Father's Day. And, and, and you know, the uh, communication in the email was like trying to encourage more black fathers to come out and be a part of this now. I I am a divorced person who got custody of his two girls at while they were still in elementary school. They're grown women now and ha- and have their own children. And and so I know I'm I'm particularly sensitive when I hear the mainstream media tell lies on black fathers about their so-called absenteeism and and you know the myth of the absent black father is something that I definitely try to dispel because there have been studies done on this that show that black fathers more than any other group in this country um, are involved in their children's lives. I mean, the CDC, Center for Disease Control, actually did a study that, that showed that black fathers are number one when it comes to the upbringing of their children. They may not be in the home or they may not be in a a, a, a relationship with the mother, but they still putting in work with their children and so since i know this i thought you know it would be it would be helpful to black men to also if you're spending that much time with your children then what better way to to spend it by getting help and liberating their minds and so i mean what what are your thoughts on on that whole uh absent black father thing yeah i think it's you know the best that also uh black fathers you know, we have to step up in, in our homes, even when we're there, to make sure that we are also guiding the education of our children. Because mm-hmm. many other parents who call me are usually women, and they're asking about homeschooling, and they're asking me also, how do I get, you know, uh, the father involved, the father involved more often? Like, because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, the brother's out there working, he's, he's bringing home the mm-hmm. bread and, and whatnot. And so that that is an issue, you know, for us. A lot of times the father must be the disciplinarian in the family. Uh, he comes home. He doesn't know what's going on in terms of academics, but he just he has to lay the smack down on, on the disciplinary issues. But mm-hmm. I think we must get into a position where the father is not simply one-dimensional in terms of disciplinary. It's really well-rounded and is able to teach and pass on the skills to his children. For example, there was a, a, who, a mother and a father who came to enroll their child in, in our school at Kamali Academy, a young boy. And one of the things the father says that, man, I really, you know, it, it really hurt me one day when my son came home and said he wanted to work with me with this construction business that he was mm-hmm. working for, this white construction business here in New Orleans. And uh, he said, I really like the fact that y'all focus on entrepreneurship because that's what I want him to be. I want him to be able to have his own construction company instead of working with me with these white folks right mm-hmm. and so i said to him i said i mean that's a beautiful thing that is that your son wants to to be like his father 
Uh, but also, we are just a school. You are the curriculum. If you want him to to have his own construction company, maybe it's time for you to step outside of the company that you're working for and build your own. Because now you have more time with him. You can show him the ins and outs, the ups and downs of that thing. And he can really be on the ground floor working with his father, working with his father in a situation where you can really pass this on to him because you can't pass on a job anyway. Right. And so the fathers, we, 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 we got to do more. We got to be there for our young folks. And also I find in our community, it's either one of the parents are on board uh, and any other parent is, uh, is not on board with this African Senate or this homeschooling thing in general. Because many fathers, you know, are like, look, look, put the baby in school. Just, you know, we're not going to experiment with our children, even though those Europeans are experimenting with our children. True. Or you have a black father who, who has been studying and getting this knowledge, and they're like, look, babe, we got we to, gotta, you know, we got to homeschool our own children because we can't send them to our enemy. And the mother will be like, I don't know about that. We're going to send these babies to these schools because I need, to, I need a break. The reality is our children are those great seeds, are those great trees of tomorrow. And if we don't plant them, if we don't nurture them in, in, in healthy soil, they will not survive and they will not be the kind of warriors we need them to be. So all of us have to make the necessary adjustments in our lives to make sure we liberate their minds. And, you know, I know you're down south in Louisiana, but we have been hearing a lot of news about Texas and because Texas orders so many school books that a lot of the national curriculum or, or regional curriculum in other parts is based on that garbage that you know the texas school boards are, are putting out and talking about yeah. slavery was an apprenticeship and the slaves were happy and all this and that so i mean if mm -hmm. i was a person i especially in a district like that I would be like trying to do everything possible. If I couldn't homeschool, I would be supplementing that education because that is also something that the expo uh, pushes as well is, is, you know, a way for those who just can't commit for whatever reason to, to, you know, homeschooling. Uh, but you know, who also see the need that they need to deprogram their children of, you know, the indoctrination they might be getting through the Europeans, uh, through that sort of, uh, curriculum. So, uh, you know, so, I mean, it, 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 have people raised that as a concern down South? I don't know what the curriculum's like down there. Yeah. No, people have absolutely been, been talking about, uh, the fact that Texas, as you said, is, is really the number one buyer of textbooks. So, that, you know, Louisiana will get basically a Texas textbook with just Louisiana on the front of it when it comes to social studies and, mm -hmm. and different things. And when people ask me about it, I say, I'm not mad with Texas. I mean, these folks are going to educate their children and our children the way they deem appropriate to educate them. If they do not want them to, to know about the enslavement of our people and our ma'afa, then they're not going to teach them. The question is, what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Are you going to keep on sending your children to these folks when you know they don't have your best interest, when you know that they're going to lie to them? You're going to keep making you know, excuses about why you can't do it? Or are you going to take it upon yourself to make sure your child gets the kind of education they need? When the reality is we can't do, we can't, we can't undo a lot of the garbage and the poison that our children get in the school system for one or two hours when they get home. Mm -hmm. Many times, our homes become a place for breakfast in the morning 
a place for maybe homework and dinner in the afternoon and sleep. That is it. Everything else belongs to the school system and to our enemy. And that's an issue that we definitely have to deal with. So you have people across the country and Mama Baruti, uh, Chikia Akua, you know, uh, Queen Thais and, and all the folks that she's bringing together who have developed curriculum materials for our people. So there's no more excuses. Okay, Texas is not teaching it. Guess what? Somebody else has a textbook that will teach it and have the ability in this world at this moment with so much information around, you can teach it yourself as well. Notice uh, from the website, it also talks about providing services to teachers. Now, are they talking about people like yourself who are, are running these African-centered uh, academies, or are they talking about people who may be actually stuck in the public, uh, well, I shouldn't say stuck, but they work in the public uh, school system? Um, and so to provide, what sort of resources do you think, you know, um, they could get that could help them? That even safe. <laughs> uh, okay, that, that, those two questions are, are, are good questions. So yes, they, they definitely have a lot of resources at the Liberated Minds Black Homeschools Expo to help those who are still within the public school system teaching. Is it safe? Um, it, it's not safe to be African in this society at all. Mm -hmm. um, I was I was a teacher within the public school system, and. My English class was uh, a black literature, African-American literature, African literature, and black history class rolled into one. And my last year within the public school system, I had my students boycott a standardized test that was just used, that they were just using the students as guinea pigs, just over-testing them. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, I was paid, I was put on paid administrative leave for, for that thing, and I've never been back. Uh, so no, it's not, it's not going to be safe. But, God, but it's not safe for us anywhere and if we're looking for safety right. then we're looking for slavery right let me say that one again i just came up with that one that's nice <laughs> say safety, it again you know what I'm we're looking for safety then we're looking for slavery you know um the reality is we have to be willing to go into the bush with a knife you know and not look back and, and just be okay with whatever comes i'm going to be okay i'm going to be able to get through it right instead of going back to the plantation because any place has to be better than the plantation Yes, it might work a little slowly. You might not be able to, you know, you're not going to get paid as much, you know, starting out. But we have enough skills and talents and intelligence to do for ourselves as a community. So and one of the workshops I'll be giving is actually how to start your own homeschooling cooperative. So you ain't got to do everything yourself. So, mm -hmm. you know, folks who have to work, you know, you can go ahead and keep, keep on working, but you have other people in the community, you know, be able to teach classes. Uh, maybe you can teach a class here and there. So I mean, mm -hmm. we can work it out. As long as we have the intention to be free, we will work it out. But too many of us, I think, have the intention to just be safe. And that, again, leads to slavery. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I want to take it back to something that you mentioned earlier. You talked about how um, white folks been doing this for a long time. And so I have been talking to my sister who has two twin boys. They are um, 11 years old. And I'm always hearing something, you know, about the teacher, you know, talking mm -hmm. about them can't be stealed or something like that. And so I told her, you know, I've been telling her about the expo that's coming up and, 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 and whatnot. And then but one of the things she brought up also was, you know, well, can they get into a good university and things of that nature? And and so, I, I again, I think that is weighing on people's minds. But 
like I had told my daughters, you know, they had gotten accepted to like Johnson C. Smith University. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, that school is, is very, very expensive. You know, I don't, I, I don't, I shouldn't have to tell you about the, the problem of student loan debt in this country. Right. And so I told my That's children, it. no, I was like, no, don't put yourself in debt like that. I'm not going to put myself in debt like that. I went to community college. You can go to community college, get all your electives out the way, and then you can transfer to one of the major universities if you must have that on your degree. You know, if you want to have Michigan University, Michigan State, North Carolina, all that, you know, to save money. So, so again, you know, as you stated, though, this homeschooling is should not present a problem to those to them making their way to those institutions if that's what they really want. Yeah, and should should not, you know, get in their way at all. Um, in fact, many, many other folks who, who score the highest on the ACT and, and SAT are homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the reasons why is not because, you know, they, uh, they're just smart and intelligent. That's why they were homeschooled. But they were obviously mm-hmm. you know, So, like, if we, we, we need to just develop readers and, and, and good writers those who can think critically. This is what homeschooling would allow us to do because when you're in a public school system, as you said about, you know, the, the young twin boys, they can't sit still. The school is made for a little white girl. The school is, in many ways, bruh, the schools are one of the worst ways to learn. And I don't know how old you are, brother. 47. Um, but when you want to learn, when you want to learn, so you said 37? 47. 47. So when you want to learn something, one of the worst ways is to be sitting in in some classroom, listening to somebody talk to you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the worst ways to learn, especially for, especially for a five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, ten-year-old, eleven-year-old, our children need to be more active. Things need to be, um, you know, a little bit more engaging. You know, it doesn't, everything doesn't have to be hands-on. Mm-hmm. Right? We need to develop that in our children, their, their, their cognitive abilities and their reading and their, their, their concentration and their, their focus. Absolutely. But when you have to focus and, and sit still for eight hours a day and you're seven, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the benefits of homeschooling is that the reality is we don't have to, you know, have so-called have school for seven hours a day. So you can get a lot of the stuff that you get done for all young about three or four hours. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the rest of the day can be geared towards what they want to learn about, geared towards you know, what they're most interested in, geared mm-hmm. towards being, you know, active, playing a lot more. Many elementary schools are taking away recess because they're so focused on a standardized test. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the study that will show that children at least, at least need to play 27.3 minutes a day. You know, and a lot of times our children are not playing at all. You know, so we, we, we the homeschooling piece allows us to do those things. And schools will be there because they will take your money. And what they want to know is, can your child do college level work? The reality, you know, the reality that we have in this country is that 60% of high school graduates, no matter where they come from, have to take remedial classes when they go to four year universities. So that's telling us that whatever they're getting in the public school system or private school system ain't even working anyway. Right, right. So we, we know we need to do something. And and another reason I I believe that is, is that years ago I had came across a research paper that was saying that most valedictorians or so-called, you know, high scorers or or high achieving children in public school system, 
cheated mm-hmm. their way through school. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. get them yeah. grades. So that's another reason right there. You know, um so yeah. Is there cheating uh, cheating, cheating or, or having a good memory? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's not real intelligence. He just I, I remember stuff well, so I was able just to, you know, regurgitate. I didn't have to study, you hear a lot of children say. And so when they get to university level, they don't do very well because now you have to study. Mm-hmm. But you never learn those skills because you didn't have to because the education was so subpar in the public school system. Mm-hmm. All right. So can you give our listeners some final thoughts on why they should be attending the expo that's coming up again uh, from January 17th um, through let me put, the 19th? I'm sorry. The July. Fourth, yeah. July, July. July. This month. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. What did I say? January. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. July 17th through the 19th, fourth annual Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Expo, where you will be a presenter. Um, so tell 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 them why they should come down, brother. Man, um, number one, it is a beautiful experience to to be around other like minded folks who have also taken the the stance of homeschooling their children, because a lot of times. You know, you might live in Pittsburgh, Kentucky somewhere, and nobody else is talking about homeschool. Nobody else is talking about anything from an African-centered perspective. So this is this is fellowship time here. This is the time to not only get to know yourself, also to learn other things, connect with new people, and listen to and learn from some of our greatest scholars in these fields. And I am not even talking about myself. I'm talking about all these other folks who I'm on the roster with. And I'm like, now maybe I shouldn't even be here. Like, but it's a it's just a beautiful experience, and um, I love it. And people come from all over the country, and they enjoy it as well. I think we need to have more of these because it's almost like a rejuvenating kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want to get your mind right about how to start homeschooling, what you need to do to get your child to a good school, how you can develop a, a home-based business to support your endeavors in homeschooling, this place on July 17th through the 19th in Atlanta is the place to be again i have linked to that um so you can definitely click on that it'll open up in a new window but the website for those that may be listening through their smartphones through the tune in app the website is liberated minds with a s that's liberated minds expo.com um we do have a question uh we got a caller uh caller you should have heard your line unmuted. Area code nine seven three. Go ahead with your question or comment. Good afternoon, um, Scotty, and to your guest. The question I have about tone tooling is, um, what about the social aspect? I I truly believe that you can definitely get all the information in terms of uh, the, edu- the educational necessities within that twenty four hour span. But what about their social skills? That's the only problem that I have. I would not have. I thought about that. And my husband's like, no, no, what about her social skills? Where are her friends? And, you know, he's like, oh, no, 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 you're going to have that? How, how is that going to happen? Now, here where I live, they do have a homeschool. It's funny. I remember they have a, they have a lot of programs for, uh, for parents who want to homeschool. They're, actually, they have an association. I'm always seeing in our newspaper here in town about the meetings that they conduct. Um, so I guess maybe maybe I'm answering my own question. They get together <laughs> with other homeschoolers, but I'm thinking, what about the non-homeschoolers? I mean, I just don't. I wouldn't want that. That's the question. That's the reason why I did not do. And also, I got to tell you, we women, <laughs> we do need our break from working. <laughs> <laughs> 
no doubt, no doubt. It's like, oh, she's gone. I have some free time right now. Um, but no, I, I guess this one really like to know. I was thinking in terms of if someone asked you, you know, um, yes, sir, I love to homeschool my child, but what about the, the socialism? How is how are they going to be able to know the, the the you know you know we all learn those yeah. social cues when we're around other people. Now, if that person's never been around this type of person, how is that person going to know? I know, I, I just want to know how to sound on that for me, and I'll meet my line. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great. Great, great question. Great question. Um, so we, I think we have to understand the difference between socialization and socializing. In many ways, our children are socialized in the public school system to be uh, folks who, who have a lot of self-hatred, folks who don't believe in themselves, folks who believe that white is right, folks who believe that, you know, there's only one right answer, and if it doesn't come from a teacher, then it's not right. You know, the, the, the standardized test is my life. That number on there makes me who I am. Socialization, if you look it up in the, in the dictionary, it says, you know, to socialize someone, to indoctrinate someone with the customs and values of a particular culture. Mm. If we are being socialized in America, then that America hates black people. So we are going to be what? Folks who hate ourselves. And to our black. And so, so socializing is a little bit different. Now with homeschooling, um, our children will be able to socialize with a lot of different folks. So you don't just keep your children inside all day. The world is our classroom. And in fact, it's very unnatural for our children to be around people of their own age all day, right? So when it's outside of school, when are you going to be around, you know, somebody? Everybody in the classroom is, is, is 47 or 48. It, it doesn't happen in real life. Everybody in the classroom is 15 or 16. It doesn't happen in real life. So as homeschoolers, we are allowed to have our children interact with older people, younger people, people who are really doing their jobs, you know, instead of just one authority figure in the classroom and everybody else is around your age. So one of the ways to get our child to, to have some socialization, and I would rather our child have Africanization, right? But to allow our children to socialize with other folks, their, their dance teams, right? Mm-hmm. Their, their sports, their, their, their clubs, chess clubs, and all those different kind of things, all these kind of activities that we can, you know, put our children in so that they can socialize and learn those social cues from other folks in, in our environment. But the reality is the work of socialization is the work of the parent. And so that when they meet somebody that they, that they haven't, you know, interacted with before, they have a basis, uh, they have a value system already in place. So if they meet a person for the first time who smokes cigarettes, they understand, hey, that cigarette smoke is not very good for my African body, so I can talk to them, but I'm not going to follow behind them. Mm-hmm. Often our children are, are socializing in schools to be followers. Just because somebody else is cooler, we do what they do. Homeschooling allows uh, our children to, to really develop themselves, and get the values that they need. And you can also socialize at those at those homeschool cooperatives that you talked about, those homeschooling groups. You can go over there. They have play dates. They have, you know, times when they go on field trips with a, a large group, you know, of, of, of homeschoolers in your area. So those are times that they can socialize. But the real socialization comes from you as a curriculum, raising up your young children to be the warriors that they need to be. Great, great answers. And I was just thinking about that myself because, you know, my my um, nephews, they are still elementary uh, school age, so they don't have organized team sports or anything like that. But their father has them. 
you know, in the basketball league at the local community rec center and, and, mm-hmm. you know, so there, there are many things, many different things that we can get them in, but swim clubs, if they take an interest in swimming and, and yeah, all sorts of things out, out there. So, yeah. Doesn't mean we're going to lock them up in the house and keep them from the right. world and, and hide them from yeah. the world and whatnot. Yeah, the world, the world, the world is really our classroom. Often we, because we don't know anything outside of a European kind of concept of education, mm-hmm. we recreate the European classroom setting in our home when we're homeschooling instead of really exploring the world. I mean, education is everywhere, you know, so we can get out, meet new people, interact and socialize with folks and not just be in the house all day. Right. So did you have any final thoughts for our listeners as we wrap up this segment with you? Again, I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing uh, these insights into liberated black minds. That's right. That's right. Look, I mean, I would just say you can do it. Um, don't let anyone discourage you. You might have family members who are saying, girl, stop playing. You know, you need to put them children in school. You know, you, you might not have the support that you think you need. But you do have support systems across the country that can help you out. And Liberated Minds, um, Black Homeschooling Expo, is, is one of the places you can meet those folks. You can definitely contact me at KamaliAcademy.com. I can help you along your journey. And I wrote, I've written a book actually called 20 um, Education for Liberation, the top 20 questions and answers for black homeschoolers. And so I deal with the questions of socialization and, and all those kind of things. In a very small book, three ninety nine on Amazon, and again, you are the curriculum. So if you, many parents find themselves talking about the public school system in front of their children, and they're saying very negative things about the school system, talking about the teacher bad, talking about the system bad, and then turn around and send their children to that particular school. Now, our children are listening. They're saying if it's so bad, Mama, why don't you do something about it, right? Mm-hmm. So be the curriculum and be the warrior that you want your child to be. All right. Well, again, certainly appreciate you um, stopping by and sharing this information with our listening audience. And I just really hope that many of them will take advantage of it. And maybe if they can't make it this year, this is the fourth annual day. I'm sure it'll be another one right next year. So, Dr. Kamara, keep up the great work, brother. And uh, at any time, any time you think that, you know, you need to get some messages out to the masses that listen through our radio network, just just hit us up, bro. We would love to have you on as a guest speaker from time to time. All right. Thank you so much, brother, for having me on. You're welcome. You have a good day, sir. All right. You too. Peace. All right. So uh, that concludes our interview with Dr. Samari uh, Kamara. Again, I have provided you with links to um, a lot of the information. Again, the website is the Liberated Minds. I'm sorry, it's LiberatedMindsExpo.com. That's LiberatedMindsExpo.com. I've also linked to his website, uh, SamariCamera.com. That is uh, where you can also get that book that he was just speaking about as well as some um it's also offering some additional materials free of charge so check that out as well and he gave you the website uh to his um homeschooling uh, academy down there in um new orleans so yeah follow up on that people again it's very this is very important that is why i felt like you know we wanted to be a sponsor as a network of 
this expo because again we know the problems we know that this system is designed to turn our children into neo slaves to get them on the prison slave plantation they came up with a name for it the school to prison pipeline so if you know a school to prison pipeline exists why would you leave your child in that pipeline that's not logical is it we keep hearing about schools closing down in many of these in these urban areas across the country because what they are taking the funding away from the schools and putting it where to build more prisons or youth detention facilities and so i mean it's not like they hiding what they're doing and their plans for our children lord have mercy do not let hillary clinton get in there as ceo of america because this woman has done so much damage to black children through her book it takes a village you know want to rip off a saying from black people from a african proverb and then put it in a book pushing zero tolerance for our children and kicking them out of school so you know uh i'm not trying to scare anyone i'm just trying to give you the facts you should be scared for your children and so we hoping that that's not going to be a fear that's going to paralyze you, but it's going to be a fear that causes you to act in an appropriate manner. Because, again, man, they want to put us all into slavery. We talk about it all the time on this network. So definitely we need to liberate our children's minds. And in the process, hopefully we can liberate some our, liberate our own minds because I still got a lot of work to do on myself. As I continue to try to do self-reflection and, and, and you know, deprogram myself from Americanism and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, it, it could be a process, a liberation for you and your child. Hey, that, yeah, look at it in that regard. So, anyway, we're going to take a a break. We're at the halfway point in the show. Um, I have heard from Brother Dave, who hosts Tando Radio Show, that comes on after us. And he had emergency, uh, had to go, you know, pick up his son. And so he wasn't able to do the program that he had scheduled. So he's going to talk about that today. That's what we had posted yesterday has been reposted. Going to talk about, you know, the whole global economy thing and what's happening in Greece and how that impacts us here, you know, uh, behind these enemy lines in the United States. And so. Uh, most definitely, you want to stay tuned for Tando Radio Show immediately following Black Talk Radio News. Um, also, um, some another update while it's on my mind. I have heard from a black female uh, who already hosts the program that I have been talking about. And so I hopefully will be getting with her tonight to go over the schedule, um, the program schedule that we have in place right now. We had a slot open up because we lost uh, one of the programs. Um, so I'm, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed and, and sending them good vibrations. And hopefully, you know, we will be able to make that happen because we need more of our uh, black female voices on this network that is primarily dominated by males. That wasn't by design. It just turned out that way. So I've heard you. Your request, people who have emailed me and left comments asking why. And so I've heard you and I have reached out and hopefully, um, you know, here soon, fairly soon, we will be able to announce um, that program. All right. Um, another thing I'm going to share with y'all <laughs> some message music I made. I wrote a poem last night. I guess you could call it a poem. 
but um, it's called the Confederate Soldier's Dream. I then turned that into a spoken word type deal, even though, you know, that's Max's thing, Max Parthas thing. I did the best I could. Max encourages me sometimes the things that I write down that he, hey, that'd make a great spoken word thing piece right there. Why don't you put some music to that or something like that? So anyway, y'all know how I have been uh, covering and discussing these terrorist flags and terrorist symbols that are all over the South down here and how it's incorrect to be forcing black people to pay for such things and, and, and whatnot. But I've been hearing people chime in, including the CEO of America, using very incorrect language to describe soldiers of the Confederacy, using words like valor, you know, using words like brave, using words like, you know, patriot. I mean, just positive words with positive connotations on them. When those words that you're using, I feel like you're just trying to be politically correct, that you don't want to offend these people. But if the if the truth offends them, then let them be offended. That's the way I say there's nothing to be gained by lying except for, you know, ill gotten gain. And so I just don't like people lying about these the nature of these beasts. All right. So I had done some research like I had mentioned to many of you who listen to this program. I was researching my own county here in North Carolina, which has monuments to Confederate soldiers to 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 see you know, how many of them were there, what flags they were flying and how many people did they enslave and and how many people were actually benefiting from the their enslavement and whatnot. And so, you know, I was we hear white people will say themselves that my ancestors didn't own me. It didn't enslave anyone. Mine not me. And I don't owe reparations and all that. Number one, they ain't asking you for reparations. The government and corporations owe that owe that uh, reparations. So they ain't asking you to pay anything. All right. And, and, and then number two, well, then if, if your ancestors didn't own any slaves, why did I hate using that word, calling people slaves? If they didn't enslave any Africans, then why did they pick up arms and go marching off hundreds of miles and, and you know, fighting right here in North Carolina, getting their butt whooped by black soldiers? So why did they do that if they didn't, you know, own enslave any Africans? Well, the answer is they had a dream. And I'm not making that up. They had a dream. This is based on scholarly research that I did that said, like, in my county, only 390-something people, enslaved Africans, and over 13,000 white people. Uh, well, I guess that 300 is in there. So over 1,000 of them weren't enslaving anyone and were basically just poor, struggling immigrants begging people for food and, and things of that nature, begging for work and, and whatnot. Because, see, work was hard to come by because, you know, the rich white man had to enslave African to do the work. So why should he give you a job? And I'm sorry we got that prison overseer uh, job field. We, you know, we don't need nobody to whip our, you know, niggers and, and things of that nature. No, no, no. So, yeah, they were poor and they were begging, you know trying their best to live off the land. So, but what made them pick up these weapons? 
and go marching off to die for something that, you know, somebody else's property, somebody else's uh, uh, profits because they had a dream. And of course, that's a play on Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. See, them Confederate soldiers had a dream, too. So I'm going to share that with you. I'm going to share that with you. I know I didn't mention it in today's uh, broadcast, but then after we get back from this message music, um, we will jump into some of the uh, stories, uh, particularly these French officials who are in Central African Republic to question these children like they're lying. I just don't even like the way that's written, the way they pose in it, to question these children, you know, if whether or not they were sexually abused by these French uh, soldiers. All right. So that's going down. Uh, that's actually they got there today. And then it also puts the shines the light on, I feel, uh, should shine the light on Zimbabwe's president, Robert Mugabe, saying that we need our own international criminal court to, to prosecute these Europeans when they come up in Africa committing all kind of vile crimes and things of that nature. Uh, also, in other international news, the black Jews, uh, Ethiopians, are saying that their children are facing racism and discrimination. You know, see, see, they need to be black homeschooling. That's what they need to be doing instead of complaining about these white folks over here in Israel. Don't want our children going to school with them and and uh, and this and that. And and no, no. Why would you want to send force your children to go somewhere where, you know, they ain't wanted? Because if they ain't wanted, chances are they're going to be mistreated. See, we have to start thinking logically about things. So I want to talk about that. They, again, I haven't seen it. Maybe you've seen it on the news. If you have, you can share with me. But I can't remember seeing any kind of mainstream coverage of these ongoing Black Lives Matter protests that's been going on in different cities in Israel. And one of them, the most, uh, well, I shouldn't say the most recent one because I don't know if it's most recent, but not that long ago they had one and violence broke out, you know. Violence broke out, but we're not seeing that all across the TV because, you know what, they not trying to expose the crimes of their cousins over there in Israel. And they got a CEO in, a, in, in Obama who's taking steps to make sure that Israel's white supremacy is protected from other nations who want to boycott her because she is practicing racism and white supremacy, also known as apartheid. See, they don't care. They don't care if you're a Jew. They care. They see that skin color. The white supremacists ain't got nothing. Don't feel like no kinship with you whatsoever because you a Christian or because you a Jew. They don't care. They looking at your skin color. See, we want to align ourselves with people based on religious practices when the truth is these people don't don't want us. They don't look at us as their brothers and sisters in Christ. They don't. Franklin Graham ain't, ain't calling out them vile, racist, white supremacist terrorists when they ran up in, in, in uh, Emmanuel and shot it up and killed them people. They know. You seen any of them people, Joel Osteen and saying, you know, teaching on that, that it's wrong to kill and these your brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, no, you ain't hearing that. Is Marilyn Hickey on, uh, you know, her and her daughter Sarah? Is they saying anything about that on their broadcast? What about Pat Robertson? Has he said anything? 
So, you know, that should give you a clue about who you sending your money to. And who's what kind of ministry they engaged in, you know. So anyway, I digress. Let me go on. on. <laughs> I go on these rants sometimes. Y'all have to excuse me. But let me go ahead and kick this instrument. I mean, this mute message music for your mind. And then we will be back and talk about some of those news stories. We do whatever we do to survive. Drop it. People are thinking in terms of, well, they want to brag about being black, which means that they are implying that there's something incorrect about being white, even though these are the creations of the creator. See, and then so everybody gets into this black pride thing or white pride thing, and people immediately start taking sides. It's not about taking sides based on black and white. It's about taking sides based on justice and non-justice. Well, that's what you're really aiming for. Being black doesn't mean anything if you don't believe in justice. And being white doesn't mean anything if you don't believe in justice, except you mean in, you believe in non-justice. And that doesn't make any difference what shade you are or how tall you are or who your cousin was or anything like that or what so-called nationality you have. Like a lot of people say that they take pride in being an Englishman or take pride in being a Frenchman, or take pride in being Afrocentric. Well, you're not supposed to be proud of any of those things if you don't believe in justice, because these words mean nothing. No nationality means anything. And, and waving a flag if you don't believe in not mistreating people. You've got to believe in not mistreating people, and you've got to believe in helping people that need help the most. Otherwise, you don't even have any business breathing. What he's doing is using an adjective to describe something that's incidental about him, one of his incidental characteristics. So there's nothing else to it. He's just white. But when you get the white man over here in America and he says he's white, he means something else. You can listen to the sound of his voice when he says he's white. He means he's boss. That's right. That's what white means in this language. You know the expression free, white, and 21. He made that up. He's letting you know all of them mean the same. White means free, boss. He's up there. So that when he says he's white, he has a little different sound in his voice. And I know you know what I'm talking about. He, uh, and uh, this was what I saw was missing in the Muslim world. They said they were white. It was incidental. White, black, brown, red, yellow. It doesn't make them different what color you are. And so this was the religion that I had accepted and had gone there to get a better knowledge of it. And, but, but despite the fact that I saw that Islam was a religion of brotherhood, I also had to face reality. And when I get back into this American society, I'm not in a society that practices brotherhood. I'm in a society that might preach it on Sunday, but they don't practice it in, on no day, on any day. And so since I can see that America itself is a society where there is no brotherhood, 
and that this society is controlled primarily by racists and segregationists, and it is, uh, who use and that the, 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 who are in Washington, D.C., in positions of power, and from Washington, D.C., they exercise the same uh, forms of brutal uh, oppression against dark-skinned people in, in, in South and North, North Vietnam, or in the Congo, or in Cuba, or in any other place on this earth where they're trying to ex exploit and oppress. This is a society whose government doesn't hesitate to inflict the most brutal form of punishment and oppression upon dark-skinned people all over the world. Uh, to wit, right now, what's going on in in uh, near, uh, in and around Saigon and Hanoi and in the Congo and in, and in elsewhere. They are violent when their interests are at stake. But that, with all that violence that they display at the international level, when you and I want just a little bit of freedom, we're supposed to be non-violent. They're violent. They're violent in Korea. They're violent in Germany. They're violent in the South Pacific. They're violent in Cuba. They're violent wherever they go. But when it comes time for you and me to protect ourselves against lynchers, they tell us to be non-violent. Country where one minority group dominates and dictates what the majority is supposed to be doing. I don't think that's the way it works. And that minority group, they don't do anything productive for this country. Well, look, I'm not going to say that they're, they're except for the NBA. And if it wasn't for the NBA, Joe, like I always say, our country would have the world's tallest garbage man. Okay, thank God for the NBA. my boys that you say yes sir and no sir you don't argue because they're afraid of you already you keep your hands on the wheel where you can be seen right? you well, it's just, but, 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 but hang on a second hang on a second it's farther it's if i can finish it's farther and then it's farther you know what frank kathy you are a racist bully and you're not going to bully me every parent tells them and you know what no sir no sir it's nothing no 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 sir Frank, I gotta turn your mic off. You're screaming. Frank, please. Okay. This type of white man does exist, does exist, does exist.
It is a very troubling time in the United States of America. We are in the era of uh, so-called post-racial harmony with all people, but black people are being murdered all over America, and we get the same treatment time and time again. Our children are dying. And so white America, we have given you 400 years to get it right, and you still have failed black people. We're not even citizens in this country. We're still third-class citizens. And so today, as black men, we must stand up in America. We must declare to white America, time is up for you. Time is up for you. Time is up for you. I have a dream. Even though I'm looked upon as poor white trash by a wealthier white man, I dream that one day I too can own a nigger slave and make him work from sun up to sundown to fill my pockets. I have a dream that while the southern bells who are above my station would never entertain the thought of lying down with me, that like their fathers, I dream that I can own a nigger woman to rape at my leisure. I have a dream that while sleeping with children is frowned upon by society, I dream that no one will care or even know if I subject my nigger children slaves to all manner of sexual depravity. I have a dream that when wealthy white men above my station mistreat me, I dream that I can go home, take out all my frustration and beat my nigger slave to within an inch of his life. I have a dream that when I go alligating hunting, I dream that I will have a constant supply of nigger babies to use as bait. I have a dream that when my rotten teeth fall out, I dream that like our first president, George Washington, I can take the pearly whites of my nigger slave and make myself some dentures. These are our dreams and why we chose to fight and die to preserve the institution of slavery. This is Brother Elliot, host of Time for an Awakening, and you're listening to Black Talk Radio Network, new media for the new millennium. Welcome back to Black Talk Radio News. Scotty Reed in for this broadcast from behind these enemy lines. And yes, they had a dream. So, you know, when you hear people talk about how honorable these men were and and the valor that they displayed and, you know, the, the patriotism to the Southern way of life, when they talk about their heritage, that's what they talking about. That's what they talking about. They had a dream because most of them didn't own any enslaved Africans. They they weren't enslaving anyone. You know, they were hoping to get a job as a sla- on the slave catching patrol, just like we got the neo slave catching patrols, cops and, and whatnot. But most of these people, man, I I'm I'm telling you, man, they were sick, vile, just creatures, man. Just creatures. So how could you even defend something like that? This, why would you even put up a monument to people like that? That is sick, man. And that's just a sign of the sickness that America suffers, the cancer within its bones. So anyway, that was their dream. Anyway, uh, let me let me uh, jump to this next story. Um, well, first, let me go to some of the uh, phone calls. We got Sister Sarah on the phone. Where where you being, <laughs> Sister Sarah? Hey, greetings to you, Scotty, and greetings to the audience. Greetings. No, I've been so busy. I haven't um I didn't have a chance to um to hear, but Ralph told me that you give me a shout out. So I must say thank you for the shout out and I um I will download the other podcast and listen because 'cause I've been so swamped. I haven't had a chance to leave listen to anything or to call in. But 
I decided today I'll give you a buzz because I got a chance to listen to some of your um the monologue that you were laying out with the news items and I said, you know, let me go ahead and give Scotty a call in and give him a little two cents if I so may. Sure, go ahead. Um, first first things first, um with, with those clips that you played with these um White people and the ones who always like to say that they own slaves and they're not responsible for slavery and all of that, blah, blah, blah. But to me, it's the same thing as you say, you know, they always like to say, I'm being anti-racist, I'm an anti-racist, but, but then again, I'm not a racist. So how can you have an anti-racist if you don't have racist? You gotta be something that you gotta be anti-against. It's like you were saying, okay, um, there is no disease but I'm making a vaccine. In order for you to make a vaccine, you will have to have, you've got to have a, um, a, a disease within which to run the test trial on this vaccine that you're making it for. So you have to have something out there. So when white people come with these, um, you know, infallible um, um, logics that they like to come up with and say these things, and a lot of people, they don't, they don't question them about it without it getting into a pissing contest, you've got to step to them because it makes no sense. You cannot have one without the other. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of these white people, they bought into this system because even though they're saying they did not own the slaves, but they support the system by their inaction. Because if you're saying you are the majority out here, mm-hmm. you didn't own plantation, you didn't own no slaves, but you know what? Y'all aspire to become just like the plantation owner. You want to aspire to own some niggas, to own some land, and have them work that land for you. Mm-hmm. That was your aspiration. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you went along with what the, with the culture of brutality and racism because even though you are poor white trash, you still see yourself at least are better than a nigger. Mm-hmm. So that is that is your mentality. So I don't even get lost in it because like a lot of these people like to come on, come come on, and I hear it all the time going through the different channels, listening to these different broadcasts where white people say, "Well, my family wasn't even in this country when slavery. They came here in the, in the end of the um the 18th, the 19th century, mm-hmm. and they didn't have nothing to do with it. They came after the Civil War, but you might have come after the Civil War, and it's like anything else. You have you you have um benefits, privileges that you get." If whatever you inherit, like Malcolm said, um, made an analogy over 50 years ago about an inheritance. If you inherit something, you have got to pay off the debt of the person that you got an inheritance from. If right. you left any bills, mm-hmm. and I know it because I went through it when my first husband passed, I had to pay off whatever outstanding bills that he had, even though he's not here, but because it's joint with me on it, I had to pay it off, and then whatever was left, then that was mine. Mm-hmm. So even though it, it was not, you do get some of the benefits, but white people like to get all of the benefits, but they don't like to get the debt that comes with it. They weren't here um, during during the Revolutionary War, but this past 4th of July, everybody was dressed up in red, white, and blue, eating hot dogs, and said, no, fireworks, call themselves the Americans. Mm-hmm. So why are you celebrating it if you wasn't a part of it? You wasn't here when that happened. Right. But you couldn't. But you bought into the system and said, "Now you are an American." So you out here doing all the celebration, like all these other people who said they came off the Mayflower or whatever stupid boat their ancestors might have come on. Bunch of criminals. You out here enjoy doing the same thing that they are doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And 
Well, one oh. one point that you made though, like if they say that they came after the Civil War, well, you was here for Jim Crow then, wasn't you? You was one of them patty rollers out there knocking Negroes in the head because you know they were standing around in a crowd or in in you know just mm-hmm. being free, or they was homeless and so you put them in the prison slavery and, and all of that, in which we know we always stress slavery was never abolished in this country, so y'all still participating in slavery. And not only that, but but a lot of them, they come with these cheap goods that they come and they set up their business in black community, exploit the black community. They set up their, their, their stores and they, um, their mafia rates and everything else because you could only have to look at all of these people, for instance, these so-called Jewish people, the Irish, or whoever that went out west and they set up their mercantile business. Where did they get their start from? They come in the black community because, they say, okay, well, you know, the regular white people don't want to sell to you, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm as an immigrant white who is not accepted yet as being fully white, I'm going to come down to your community and I'm going to sell to you. And that's how a lot of them made their money and they were able to um, establish themselves. I can give you a name because you're right here in North Carolina. You know that there are such places like Belk's, right. department stores mm-hmm. out there, Macy's that's in New York. All Pains. these are Jewish companies that got their start as cobblers coming down south, setting up their businesses, running, running their businesses on these impoverished black communities. That's how they made their money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most most so, definitely. So, so so I definitely don't buy that. And lastly, Scotty, you were speaking about this stuff here with the, with these um Jewish people in Israel, and they are part of that state that they're running over there. You see, when black people start when black people call themselves a Jew, I immediately tune them out because now I see that you have bought into a concept that is not yours. Because there was no such thing as a Jew until about four or five hundred years ago when that concept of Jews came into being. Because first of all, there was no letter J in the alphabet. That is a construct that these European, Eastern Europeans set up for themselves to make themselves an exclusive enclave to say that this is what they are. Now, if you are it's Africans on the continent who never left the continent and you says, okay, this is what your book and your the, um, theological belief system is structured on this belief, as the original form, and then you decide to move to Israel and you decide to buy into a custom and a culture and call yourself Jews, then you know what? You just like everybody else who, who, who like, like blacks who say they're Christian first, put God first and everything else last, and the same thing with Muslims who say, you know, I'm a Muslim first and everything last. I have no use for you. I have no use for anybody who want to put a theology above themselves. Because as you said, when, when white people get ready to start burning down churches and blowing churches up and killing people, they don't give a darn if you could be the most devout Christian. They don't care. All they know is that you are black, I'm white, and therefore, you know, you are the enemy, and I'm supposed to take you out. Mm-hmm. So you've got to stop separating yourself and these religions. You know, black people are the only group of people who get themselves caught up in these religious cliques, and they get so involved in it. And they put so much into it. And as you said, when all this stuff went on in Charleston and all of these church burnings that's going on around the United States, all of these high-profile people that you call Joel Osteen, Joyce Myers, you know, um, Kenneth Copeland and all of them, you, you didn't hear none of them coming out here making those statements. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't heard Franklin Graham. Fra- be, yeah. It's, it's Franklin Graham, yeah. And they're supposed to be all under this big umbrella of being Christian. They all like to say, well, these people, they don't represent the rest of us Christians because we don't, we don't believe. But you know what? If they're using, if you're going to say, okay, you want to separate yourself from the crazies within your crowd and say they're not a part of you, 
then why in it why in the hell are you saying that these Muslims that they all Muslims are terrorists and they all strap on bombs and they go blow up places? It's okay for you to separate yourself from the crazies, but when it comes to other people, um, if they're Muslim, then no, all Muslims are crazy, all Muslims um, are terrorists. Mm-hmm. You see, these people they like to have their cake and they want to eat it too. Right. I mean, the Ku because- Klux Klan. I just read an article the other day where they say they are Christian organizations. So I don't see Franklin Graham distancing himself from those comments. Oh, you know, these people they claim they Christians, but they they aren't true Christians. They don't practice, you know, brotherhood through Christ, and and we condemn terrorism and all. I ain't heard nothing like that. <laughs> You're not going to hear anything from that because the, the, that's exactly what the Klan was. The Klan was founded as an auxiliary group. They call themselves the Christian Knights of the Ku Klux Klan. They dropped the Christian part because a lot of people don't hear, but that is what their full name was, the Christian Knights of the Ku Klux Klan. Their emblem is that cross that they run around here to, um, to use it as a weapon towards terrorizing black people. They don't have no reference to, to me um, as, as the, the cows and, you know, several, you know, of shows have said, you know, Racism, white supremacy is the religion of, of, of white, um, the white supremacists. They don't believe in none of these other theologies that they use out here because these theologies is just a means for them to use on their victims within which to subjugate you. But they don't believe in none of these things. Hmm. You go to the average white church, they spend an hour at most when it comes on a Sunday, no matter what type of Sunday, Easter, Christmas, whatever, they're in and out of there within one hour. Black people, we got to sit up in there for four or five hours. Four or five hours we got to do. We got to run two and three service in one day. You got your eight o'clock service, your ten o'clock service. Mm-hmm. Then you're gonna have one again at three o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. We spend a whole day come Sunday in a church. White people don't do that. So you know that they don't believe in none of that crap. They mm-hmm. just know it's just a show. They just go out there and just, they just perform. Do what they have to do to let the people say, oh yeah, you know, we give you this religion and yeah, we believe and we follow it. But they don't follow it because these are the only people. You, I look at all of these other groups. You know, whether you be the Muslims, the Jews. The um the Buddhists the, the the Christians whatever they want to call themselves these people who come up with these concepts they're coming up with a concept within which they empower themselves they're not getting bogged down and tied themselves down with it black people believe that okay if, if I'm a Christian I I gotta be poor because Jesus didn't own nothing he was poor he was you know they they we told we take religion and we turn it completely upside down on on its head. And we don't use it to empower ourselves. We instead use it to tie ourselves in bundles and put ourselves back into slavery to these people who bring us these concepts. We do the total opposite. And it is time that a lot of us take an evaluation, take stock of ourselves to see what is it really that I'm doing. Because if your religion is not empowering you, if you believe that if somebody do you do something to you, that you have got to go out here, um, you being a good Christian, you're the only person being a good Christian. Because nobody else is doing the same thing. You know, every, all these other ethnic groups, they go out here, things happen to them. They're not running out here um, forgiving people, trying to make up for them or whatever. They go ahead and they park it in their memory bank and they say, okay, I know what you did to me. I know who you are. I'm going to put you on my watch list not to have nothing to do with you. We don't do that with black people. The only people we put on our watch list is our family members who do something to us. Now we put them on the, on the watch list where we don't want nothing to do with them. But everybody else that do the worst things to us, we're quick to run out here and want to get into their company. Right. So I agree. We do all need to do self-evaluation. And then like you, you mentioned, is it empowering me or is it making me a victim? You know, so I want to thank you, Sister Sarah. 
for calling in and yes, chiming buddy. in, but uh just want to let you know some of our listeners had had emailed me saying, "Where's Sister Sarah at? I want I want to hear from <laughs> Sister Sarah." And I was like, "Oh, I, I would love for Sister Sarah to have a a program on the Black Talk Radio Network." So I'm gonna go ahead and make that pitch right now. Even if you don't just do, if you only do one hour a week, a one hour weekly radio program, I will do everything in my power to make that happen. So you think about that, okay? Thank you, Scotty. Um, that's what um Ross told me. So I do appreciate it. I keep it in mind. I'm getting ready to retire within by the end of the year. So whatever I can do with these white people, then I can run my mouth so they don't have to be running counter information to see what I'm up to. Right, right. <laughs> All right, sis. You have a good day. You too, Scotty. Thanks. All right. All right. I'm going to clear the caller's queue. It's not going to hang up on you. If you have additional comments or questions, hit star six. I'm going to have to jump on this information. Uh, unfortunately, Harrods.com, when I first opened the article about the Ethiopian Israeli parents charging racism at this day camp that is in this, uh, I think you pronounce it, Rehavalt, uh neighborhood. And so, um, They've only given you an excerpt now. They want me to pay for, you know, subscription and whatnot, and I'm not going to do it. But anyway, they're saying that parents in this particular uh, neighborhood of Rehovot are protesting the separation of local children, most of them of Ethiopian origin. I imagine it might be some African immigrants in there as well, Uh, but they are separating them from the children of another neighborhood. Um, in this day camp in one of the area's community centers. So that, that's white people practicing racism, y'all. And just to touch upon something Neely Fuller brought up, because it brought to my mind with these protests, these protests of these uh, black Jews, um, Ethiopians are, are, are really what they are, um, who have been protesting against police violence and brutality, saying that the same thing that black people facing at the hands of the police in, in, in the United States, they are facing the same thing. Now, that's mostly been hidden from you in the mainstream media here in America because they don't talk bad about other white supremacists, okay? They don't be snitching on them and, and like that. You have to really do some digging to get some reports. You might have to go to Russia Today or 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 um, Press TV or, or one of the uh, Venezuelan outlets to get that kind of information because you're not going to get it. And so, I mean, that just ties in again to our our, our what we've been promoting today, Liberated Black Minds in Homeschooling Education Expo coming up on July 17th through the 19th. That that's what the, you know, why do you want to subject your children to this? Why? Now, I understand you may be paying taxes or whatnot on, on that community center, but if you don't have one of the black parents or or a black person that is not a proxy racist tool that is there to make sure these children are not mistreated i wouldn't be sending my children now i remember when my girls were very young i was still married at the time and we had put them in daycare and so then my children one of my daughters came home with a big gash in her it looked like somebody had just scratched the crap out of her i mean it was a big gash in her neck right and i'm looking at this and i go and i ask the daycare uh uh lady provider and she like i don't know nothing 
you know, and immediately I took my children out of that daycare. I was like, okay, you don't know nothing. That means you ain't watching these children. I don't know who did this to my child, but I'm not sending my child back. You hurt them once, then I mean, there's not going to be a second time. All right. So, I mean, that's how we, you know, I, that's supposed to be our most, no, our children are not possessions or anything like that. You know, we don't own them in terms of like enslaved Africans or something like that. But we should be cherish, cherishing them above all because they cannot protect themselves. So therefore, it is within our charge to protect them. And that's why I just couldn't understand how anybody could could send their children to uh, integrate an all white school back in the 60s with these howling, mad, vicious, racist spitting on them calling them niggers and, and all this and that you know so um yeah that seems to be what's going on over there in israel now uh interestingly with all of this racism and white supremacy being practiced by israel oh yeah i know i was gonna talk about neely fuller i'm sorry i went off on a tangent neely fuller in that clip talked about your flag that you raising a flag it don't mean anything if you don't believe in practicing justice and i was thinking about those ethiopians that were out there in the street with that israeli flag and 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 you know trying to prove we we're all one nation we're israelis too and and blah 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 you know i'm a jew too whatever they showing you what they think of you but at the same time you wrapping yourself in that flag and under that flag, you are uh, participating and supporting the genocide of the people uh, who were there before Israel was established as a nation. Not only the Arab Palestinian, but the African Palestinian. Uh, um, I mean, there are African families that have been there thousands of years, African communities, I should say. But they don't show you that on TV, though. And so here you are. Repping that flag, wrapping yourself in that flag, saying, please, Mr. Israeli policeman, don't beat me down. Don't shoot me. I got my hands up in the air. Don't don't kill me. Don't do this and that. But then, you know, you sit by and you're benefiting from this manifest destiny of these white people from Eastern Europe. Who are letting you know what they think about your melanated skin. And so that's why we, you know, Minister Paul Scott and others, we participated. We kicked off the RBG Day on the 4th of July and told people, you know, bump that American flag. They still enslaving us under that flag, under this corporation. They own Unicor. Go look up Unicor and look at some of the videos of all them black women in there doing call center work. That if they was like working for Sprint PCS like I used to work for, they might be making anywhere from 25000 up to 60000 a year answering those phones. But no, now they in there on, in, in, in the prison plantation answering them phones for pennies on the dollar, you know, an hour, if that. So this country still practicing slavery. It is practicing all kind of manner of evil against non-white people all around this world. And then you got President Obama, the CEO of America, signing some legislation uh, that muddles the debate on these other countries that want to boycott Israel because of their apartheid. You know, they just talk about apartheid. They, I really hear them say racism and white supremacy, but that's really what it is. 
I don't know who came up with the word apartheid or even if that's an English word or whatnot, but it's racism, white supremacy. That's what they practice. They are racist, white terrorists, murderers, land thieves. So anybody that feels like, you know, well, this is incorrect. This is what they're doing is wrong and we should boycott them just like there was a boycott movement during the 80s against South Africa. So. The Obama administration is defending this this uh, boycott movement. And uh, let me just read this from, uh, what is this, albawaba.com. Albawaba.com. It says, uh, it's not clear how the Obama administration can oppose a boycott of Israel, but not Israeli-controlled territory. See, they are boycotting and have uh, restrictions on Palestine. When at least some of the calls to boycott Israel are based on Israel's continuing control of the territories. Last week, U.S. President Barack Obama signed a comprehensive bill on trade, the Trade Promotion Authority, which, among other things, allows him to fast track, where did we hear that before, the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Agreement. So this is a different that a lot of people ain't talking about it. The Trade Promotion Authority. I ain't hear anybody mentioning that. Which, among other things, allows him to fast track in negotiating free trade agreements with Pacific Basin countries and with Europe. This means that the administration can conduct negotiations with other countries without the involvement of the U.S. Congress and has to put before the legislators only the final wording of a potential agreement, which they can accept or reject only as a whole, with no power to amend particular clauses. The fast-track negotiation provision was not, however, the only one in the bill. With the support of the pro-Israel lobby, APAC, legislators introduced into the bill a section designed to protect Israel against boycotts. It provides, in effect, the U.S. free trade agreements where other countries will be conditional on those countries not supporting any boycott of Israel. So, like Neil Fuller was saying, being American don't mean nothing if you don't believe in practicing justice. Waving that flag don't mean nothing if you don't believe in practicing justice. And it should be evident to everyone that the United States of America is not interested and practicing justice. And then, you know, I'm talking, I'm hearing from the people, and rightly so, concerned about jobs here in America, which we know the black and unemployment rate for our youth and for our, our men, and, and to a lesser extent our women, is usually triple. It's usually triple the unemployment rate. And then that unemployment rate is, is kind of deceptive because a person doesn't drop off the unemployment rolls because they found a job. No, they, they have run out of benefits. They have run out of benefits or they stop going to the unemployment center and using them to try to find a job. And so what do you think all of these trade agreements are going to lead to? Less black people having jobs, obviously. But they got a job for you at, at Unicor. They got a job for you at the Creation Corporation of America. They got a job for you in the GEO group. You can either be a prison slave or you can be a prison guard. So just thought I would share 
that international news um because it does pertain to the african diaspora even if some of these people are not identifying themselves as part of the diaspora they want to be israelis or they want to be jews or whatnot well they telling you what they think of you they telling you <laughs> you can be all that but your skin is black so get back step back this don't apply to you so anyway now next thing i want to talk about i think i have covered everything yeah i have covered everything we we got a, uh, about 10 10 minutes left in the program again stay tuned for brother dave and tando radio show uh Greece said no and the corporations and bankers smile so what is what what kind of impact is that going to have on us here in america as black people we already got to worry about this tpp and now you know they got this other thing uh what's it called the um let me see if i can find it again so that y'all know what it what it's called the trade promotion authority the trade promotion authority which has not been getting a whole lot of attention here in the united states which among other things is designed to protect racism and white supremacy in israel now so the last thing that i want to talk about i got into i was up late till about five o'clock last night because i just because fourth of july was over and and whatnot um i am not letting my guard down in going out and making sure that these terrorists don't burn down the church next door and so i still been you know trying to keep an eye on the church and staying up late and whatnot and so i was up late last night or i should say this morning because it was like four o'clock in the morning so i jumped on facebook and and this thing shows up in my facebook news feed about homosexuals and and so-called conscious black people and whatnot and but w what really stood out to me, I asked for clarification. I mean, like, you know, w w what are saying like people w want to attend to the needs of homosexuals and whatnot. So I asked for clarification. What do you mean attend to the needs? What are what, what are you talking about? What's the needs of the homosexual community? So anyway, they started talking about, you know, gay marriage and all that, which we did a program on there yesterday uh, uh, on here yesterday. I gave you my thoughts on, on that, and I feel like it's a distraction because white people uh, are the ones that control the institution of marriage in this country. They're the ones that issue the marriage certificate. So who are you to tell? You're not going to tell white people who they can and cannot. So let's focus on, on what we can control and, and gain in control. See, once you gain control of some institutions, then your opinion matters. But until then, you know, I mean, we could debate it and have conversations among ourselves, but I feel like we got more pressing issues than to be worried about white people marrying other white people. And so, you know, but I was telling them, you know, well, I got a cousin that's gay. I got a cousin that's gay. He lives right two doors down from me, you know, on the other side of my other cousin that lives next door. And and so, you know, um, this person talking about, I said that he's not political. He ain't pushing nobody's agenda. Agenda. He doesn't bother anyone. He keeps to himself. And so I don't know that you can say that all gay people, primarily black people, are, are trying to push homosexuality on anyone. You know, now there are some things to be concerned about. I, I grant you that. Some of when they want to put stuff in the curriculum and then see, that's why you should be black homeschooling, right? 
then you ain't got to worry about what they're doing in their schools. Because, again, it's their schools. You just pay for them. So, you know, they're not there to benefit benefit us in no kind of way. So, but at the same time, then this person want to talk about hunting them down and, and, and eliminating them and killing them and all this and that. I was like, you're right. You can spit, talk about they spread diseases and, and we need to just get rid of them and all this and that. I'm like, well, guess what? Straight people uh, pass venereal diseases as well. And I said, you know, you can spit all the anti-homosexual rhetoric you want to. And no, I don't get down with that. You know, but I'd be damned if I'm allowed you to harm my cousin. So you can hunt down all the homosexuals you want to kill or you want to. You just better not come to this community thinking you're going to harm anyone because blood is thicker than water. Any kind of anti whatever rhetoric you want to spit at the end of the day, I ain't trying to hear it. you come up here to harm one of my family members. I'm going to harm you. All right. It's like that. Yes, it's like that. Not that I, I support any of that kind of stuff, because I don't. I don't even talk about it because I don't feel like it's my business to be talking about. I, do I talk to my children about it? Yes, I do. But I am not no Nazi. I am not a white supremacist terrorist. And I'm not going to be terrorizing homosexuals. Because you show me where there's justice in, in that. Now, it's different if they come your community and they harm somebody in your family or whatnot, harm one of your children or whatnot. That's different. But my cousin ain't bothering you. The, the lady who I have known for since I was a little child, since I was like two years old, you know, I've known this woman and she is a lesbian. She's in a lesbian relationship. But see, that didn't even come out until like in her adult years. But I have known this person. I have loved this person. She, although she ain't related to me, some of my, she are, she is related to some of my other family members through marriage and stuff. Cause this is a very close knit black community comprised of about maybe four different families four different families so we're all related we're all kinfolk up here some kind of way like when my daughter got married my cousin was checking on uh to make sure that this dude that live in another town ain't kin to us see that's the kind of stuff that's how much family we got in this area that we got to check and make sure that this ain't my cousin by this way or that way so we don't be engaging in no incest but I've known this woman and her family all her life. I don't see her out there harming anyone. What she do in her house, in her apartment that she got with her girlfriend, that's her business. But I'd be darned if I'm going to allow you to go up there and terrorize her. Doesn't mean I, su I support homosexuality or promoting a lifestyle or anything like that. No, what it means is that I'm not some murderer i'm not a killer i'm not a terrorist i don't feel like it's my place to judge anyone because i'm not perfect myself you know the old old saying let he who is without sin throw the first stone so while you sitting up there talking about you know men or, or, or men sleeping with men and women sleeping with women and whatnot what are you doing 
you might got what 10 women that you sleeping with sneaking around and all this and that that ain't right you might be for all i know you might be a whore you might be you know your 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 vagina has an open for business sign on it or something so what are you doing that ain't right that you need to be working on before you judge somebody else it ain't your place to judge that yes we should judge whether behavior is correct or incorrect but what we do not have a right to do is to go out there and think that we gonna execute these people because we don't agree with them just like the same people who say well i don't agree with you smoking weed or using cannabis or or whatever so you know yeah i fully support you being enslaved on a prison plantation for 20 years how are those people harming you by smoking weed or smoking crack or whatever? If they didn't, long as they not breaking into your house to steal stuff to go sell so they can buy some crack, long as they, you know, buying their crack with their own money, I don't care if they smoking crack. I mean, I care because it's harming them. But I'm not going to care to the point that I'm going to, oh, you got to get out this community. I'm going to bust you up inside your head. I'm going to murder you and all that. I'm going to call the police on you and get you locked up. Nah, that ain't me. That ain't how I roll. So, I mean, I was kind of taken aback by those comments last night. And then, like I laid on them, uh, the work of Dr. Tyrone Hayes. In, in the study, his study of the chemical atrazine that's in the water, that they spraying on food and stuff. That's why a lot of people want to start, you know, using organic, you know, only eating organically grown food because of the pesticides and stuff. And they know it can harm you. Well, according to Dr. Tyrone Hayes, and he's not the only one. That that chemical atrazine that they putting in water is being found in water because, you know, when you spray crops and stuff like that, it rains. You have runoff and it gets into the water supply. And it and it and it's causing uh, sexual abnormalities in, in uh, frogs and stuff in fish in the wildlife. And then his work shows that it also has an impact on human beings. To bring about so you don't even know if this person who is is a homosexual and all effeminate and all of that you don't even know if they're a victim of chemical warfare but you didn't judge them you didn't gave them a death verdict and now you ready to kill them you ain't no better than a nazi you ain't no better than these white supremacists in my in my opinion you don't have all the facts you want to run around talking about rounding up and hunting down homosexuals. Well, let me know. Let, let me uh, let you know. You harm my cousin or anybody in this community, we going to hunt you down. Now, how's that? How's that? Homosexual hunter. You will become the hunted. Now, if you if you want to talk to people and educate people on homosexuality and in the problems that it presents to the community, the transmission of HIV AIDS and and all of that type of stuff. However you feel about it. Now, if you want to educate somebody out of love 
and 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 reach out to them and say, you know, this is what I've learned and, and this and that. And, you know, I'm just concerned for you, brothers and sisters out there. That's a whole lot different than you talking about I'm going to kill you because you're a homosexual. See, you don't care about them people at all. You just care about how you think other people are perceiving black people on the whole because you got some prince and whatever the name of that show is they put on TV. You can be embarrassed by it all you want to. They don't give you the right to go hunting them down and killing them or mistreating them in any kind of way. If you if you feel so much hatred for homosexuals, how you all you got to do is don't deal with them. Don't be around none of them. That's how you solve that problem right there. But you think you're going to get on the Internet and promote hate and harm and suggesting that people should kill them? That's incorrect right there. And you better know that they have families that love them unconditionally. They may not agree with what they're, what they're engaged in, but they love them unconditionally. And they are not going to sit by why you try to do something to kill one of their family members or harm them. So I, I'm going to get off of my soapbox on that. I really don't even discuss these sort of things, except for if it's in a, a scientific where somebody has done some study on this phenomena, like a Dr. Tyrone Hayes. But in terms of that, you know, that Nazi talk, you better keep that to yourself. Because it don't fly here, buddy. Anyway, sorry to go off on that rant like that, but I feel very strongly about my family members, and you're not going to harm none of them. That's for us to handle, not you. All right, so stay tuned for a Tando radio show coming up here in uh, just about one minute or two. I want to thank those who called in and chimed in. Uh, I definitely want to uh, encourage you all to check out the website, Liberated minds expo that's liberated minds expo.com that's the fourth annual liberated minds black homeschool education expo that will be taking place in atlanta between the dates of july 17th and the 19th big shout out and thanks to dr samori camera for coming on and speaking with us today Peace and blessings to all. Y'all be safe behind these enemy lines. It's a battlefield out there, so you need to develop battlefield awareness. There are people out there that want to hunt you down and kill you because they're different from you. All right, so you need to look out for those people. Peace and blessings to all. Hit me! Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.